This week will be incredible. And I don't say that in Soto, because this week we interview Leaping Lanny Poffo, known to most as genius and brother of Macho Man. To us, he is a legend, and we are his biggest fan. So buckle up, get ready, because now we're about to go. Sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. It's the A to the K Wrestling Show. Hello! Welcome one and all to another fun-filled episode. And boy, it's a doozy. Anthony, what are we saving up for the people this week? Well, Carl, for those who may not have picked up on on that absolute awesome poem you've just done, one that I think Lanny would even be proud of, to be honest <laughs> with you, and I'm, I'm, I might have to ask him about it. Um, we have, other than our usual guys, obviously we're going to be talking about the weekend wrestling that we've just had. We're going to be talking about the latest news and rumours, which sadly feels a little bit like Groundhog Day, because guess what? More releases. Uh, but the the unique segment for this week and one we've been looking forward to for a number of weeks, Carl, is uh, we're going to be speaking to the genius Larry Poffo, oh, or yes. for those who who um, are less familiar, the brother of the macho man Randy Savage, um, an absolute legend, especially in the early years, or I say the early years, Carl's early years of wrestling, because um, <laughs> wrestling goes back ridiculously far. So um, <laughs> let's say. Carl's early years of wrestling. So you obviously remember this guy really fondly from uh, from childhood, Carl, from like being what? Absolutely. Five, six. I mean, obviously anyone who is a fan <laughs> of the show knows my love for Mr. Perfect. The genius himself, Lanny Poffo, was his manager and tag team partner on many an occasion. So obviously an integral part of my childhood. And even before that, obviously a fantastic career in his own right. Um, then went on to manage the Beverly Brothers and just, just an all-round awesome dude. I can't wait to speak to him, to be honest. Going to be yeah, a fun, same here. He just seems like such a such a genuine guy. I've seen a few different interviews he's done. Um, he did his own podcast for a for a, a short time, known as the Genius Cast, which um, was basically a series of episodes where he was being interviewed by someone and talking about his his baseball career, his wrestling career, his relationship with Randy, and um, just from that, it's just like I'm I'm so looking forward to having a conversation with the man. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. But you know what else is going to be great, Anthony? Go on. This week's. A to the K, little known fact of the week. And here's Road Dog to, you know, lead us in. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, yeah. So this week, Anthony, we're talking about the Hardy Boys. As you know, they are one of the biggest wrestling tag teams of all time. They are seven-time WWE Tag Team Champions. But did you know, despite all this, the average length of their title reigns is just one month. So they wow. even had three reigns in a row, which lasted two weeks, two weeks, and just one week. So, yeah, you think about them, don't you? You think the Hardy boys, they're up there. You've got the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, you know, fantastic tag teams. And you think of them, seven-time champs as mainstays of the tag team division. So how surprising to know on average that their reigns only lasted around about a month, average a month. So, yeah. That was... So there you have it. The Hardy there Boys average length is not as long as you'd think. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Just <laughs> just another thing for you to have on the reasons of hate Jeff Hardy. Fun fact. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was eight of the Ks. Little known fact of the week this week. And we'll pass you over to Road Duck again to sing us out. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. So, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed our retooled version of 
this week in wrestling last week, Carl. So much so that I think we should start with it again this week. What do you think? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Good. That's good because the graphics are there. They're up. So <laughs> good job you did, really. It's a good job we did. Yeah. yeah. Unlike last so, week, um, we kept you know flipping between the two because we hadn't set ourselves up yet. But you know. <laughs> no, I think um, I think for me it's just more condensed and it's a bit better because I think we were both getting a bit down on the um, repetitive nature and the amount of negatives we're having to give everything. And now we can run through. This is what caught our eye, essentially. So it's not going to be an exhaustive list for those who didn't catch us last week. It is going to be a highlight and, okay, maybe a few uh, oh shites because we can't knock, can we? But it's we're going to talk. I'm going to talk all of WWE. Carl's going to talk all of AEW, which consequently at the minute is Dynamite. And um, then we're going to cover maybe some independent stuff if it comes up, if it's needed. So, Carl, I'll start us off with a cut and I'll talk about WWE this week. Um, so... Highlight for me, we saw on, on coming up on Raw, we saw uh, Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash, as she's now known, uh, squaring up against Charlotte. And uh, she actually came out the victor mm. in a match that, to be honest, uh, despite playing the underdog throughout the match, which they were inevitably going to do with Charlotte, um, I was really pleased with the match itself and the results. And this is not something I thought he would be doing with her against Charlotte. Uh, so I was very pleased to see that they're actually given us some sort of story and some sort of run with this title. So absolutely made up highlight for me. Um, that's my only highlight coming out of Raw, Carl. So I'm going <laughs> to jump straight over to to the world of NXT, and we saw Ridge Holland make his return after his um, his unfortunate injury, which I think uh, it feels like it was ages ago. So I want to say it took place uh, late last year, maybe very early this year. But uh, we all remember uh, that that sort of uh, dive over the rope that's sort of put him out for a good few months. Um, and uh, we've got to see him come back. He's looking in absolutely great shape and it looks like he's going to be involved in some some really interesting stuff for NXT. I got to see potentially carrying on with the stuff he was doing with Pete Dunne. So um, absolutely made up to see him back and it could be a good shot in the arm for NXT if what comes up in the news doesn't absolutely fucking ruin NXT. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah. speaking of great things for NXT, we also saw Dakota Kai um, sort of further explain their actions after attacking Raquel Gonzalez last week. It had to be a highlight for me again this week because I think this is going to be an absolutely great feud between the two and it just makes sort of absolute sense as a story. Obviously, her whole reason and being that um, she, she's not going to play second fiddle to Raquel um, and, you know, she like justifying herself in that sense that she, she's the leader of uh, of that faction, as it were. So, uh, again, absolutely made up to see it. Can't wait to see where they go with it. Last highlights for the week, Carl. I've got uh, Seth Rollins accepting Edge's challenge. Yes, it's going to be oh, a highlight just simply for that, just because I really want to fucking see this match. I want to see this match so much that I'm going to declare it now. This is going to be the best match of SummerSlam. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm saying it now. The greatest uh, wrestling match ever, maybe. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. These two, they both know what they're doing when it comes to the talking. They both know uh, the way around a promo and naturally... It was um, it was fantastic again this week, but the main thing is it is set. We are having them to go up against each other at SummerSlam. Absolutely great. So I do need to talk a couple of old shites, Carl. Um, this one I, I do want your opinion on this because you were big on this guy, but um, an old shite coming out of NXT this week was um, NXT for some reason closed with um, the possibly the, the the culmination of this weird romance angle between Loomis and Hartwell. Um, in that, um, you know, she she basically seemed to have sacked the way off and uh, and embraced him and they kissed, and um, 
to be honest, I'm, I've still get such sort of weird vibes from this whole story. It's like WB is sending this message that, you know, if you stalk a girl enough, yeah, that eventually she will fall in love with you, which is a very fucking troubling message to put out to the internet wrestling community, if I'm honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, I find it like just because he plays that sort of that sort of character. So he doesn't talk. He just stares it up a lot of the time. He's like essentially a stalker, paints pictures of her and shit. Like if they done a segment one week where it just he's in a room just surrounded by pictures of her on his wall, it wouldn't feel out of place in this story. So the fact that it ends with them two falling in love is just kind of weird to me i don't know maybe i'm the only one who feels this way i know they're genuinely going for some sort of romance between the two but it just doesn't feel like that yeah i've never been a fan of it i'm a big fan of dexter um i think he had a lot of mystique and intrigue about well, him but this is just... I, I, I was really intrigued by your thoughts on it because i, I this is such a weird way to go for dexter as a character because it kind mm-hmm. of almost takes away from that mysterious creepy you know scary character yeah you know I think... like we he had the whole thing, like the artist thing, didn't he? Where he was like drawing a lot of shit and then now into this. And I just feel like little by little, they're just dwindling that kind of... It just seems to... Down. That's the thing. We've massively pulled away from like the the guy who Cameron Grimes was absolutely terrified of. Yeah. You know, now he's just becoming a bit more goofy. Mm. Don't be wrong, I still wouldn't say that to his face, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so... um The other oh shite I've got coming out of SmackDown, Carl, is uh, Selena Vega. Um... Not an issue with Selena Vega, but I just the booking of this week was a bit odd for me because she's done nothing but lose since she come back uh, from from leaving because you know they should be they should be unionized and she's not going to back down on that um, unless you offer her loads of money. Uh, so she comes back to to WWE and she's done nothing but lose, but yet this week she had a match for the women's title, which was um, like how do you get to that choice? And I think at some point, uh, the whole booking's a bit odd because uh, at some point, Jonas SmackDown, they went like, oh, no, it's not for the title. But it's like, why was it ever for the title? Like, I don't understand why she's in that. Not, I, I don't, she should She should be, she is of a level that she could be in that that picture. But why would you book her to lose since she come back? And then you book Liv Morgan to look like quite strong and you're getting that crowd pop quite clearly. And yet you put Vega in this position again. Uh, not an issue with Vega being in a position, just how they've booked it, because it feels like she shouldn't be. It feels like she's like not earned that yet. Hmm. It's really weird. And um, yeah, I know ultimately where they're going with it, Sasha Banks. But um, yeah, the, the the booking this week was just a little bit odd for me on that one. Um, and me last one, Carl, and this is just maybe just a bad feeling more than something that actually happened. Well, you'll see me point is that um, Finn Balor still staking his claim that he wants to to go up against Roman Reigns. Um, And it just, it feels like we're heading towards a triple threat again. And it feels like a repeat of Brian and Edge, which I just don't get why we can't just have Roman versus Cena, especially because of ultimately after Cena pisses off again, which he'll inevitably do because he's not a full-timer. Um, self-confess I'm not even having a go he clearly isn't and he, he said as much um, so he's obviously going to go away again and then we've got plenty of time to tell the Roman Balor story so why we have to throw Balor in the mix now and it feels like that's what's going to happen he's going to be a part of the match at SummerSlam and it, it, this is what I hate about triple threats because I think we've both said many a time this is just a mechanism so that someone can eat the pin and it doesn't affect the two people that they're trying to protect um, so I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan. I'm totally a fan of these two feuding. Just why not wait until we've got the scene and stuff out of the way? There's plenty of time to tell stories. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. 
Um, there was two things as well that I just wanted to add. Um, just oh, go on. Just as oh shite for this week. And yeah, yeah. fortunately, they were both for SmackDown. So the one that I want to kick <laughs> off with there as well, which is off the back of what you said then, was the fact that we didn't have Cena this week. Um, yeah. Now, I get, See, like... Th- sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, by all accounts, he was there in attendance. So I think the belief was that he wasn't going to be able to attend because he was going to the premiere or something of Suicide Squad. Um, but he was there, and they just decided not to use him. So I don't know. I think the okay. the, the brightest sparks <laughs> of, of the past couple of weeks of wrestling has been Cena being back and showing how you fucking cut a promo and how you actually get over and how you do some yeah. you know interesting stuff. So the fact he wasn't used, obviously, is, is a sad thing. You know what? There was a time when you could get so pissed off at Cena being the face of the company and having title shot after title shot after title shot to um, to quote CM Punk. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, th- this is we've he's been he's been gone long enough that we can miss him. And this is like you say, he comes back and you realise how much of a star he is. And he's definitely been like a massive highlight of the show the last few weeks. And it is bad to be honest. This is probably why they're throwing Balor in the mix if they can't rely on Cena being there for the duration of this story, which they can't, because obviously this Suicide Squad has just come out. You'll have obligations to attend various premieres and, and appearances for that. So maybe they can't rely on being there all the time. But yeah, it definitely, you could feel his absence in all fairness. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think totally agree with that. If he's there, use him, you know what I mean? But anyway, yeah. um, my only other one to talk about was maybe controversially, just just Biggie, oh. man. I, my fucking can't stand the guy. <laughs> and it, it's a shame because I used to like him, but... He, like even this week, like you know, Heyman's cutting a promo, and you know he just comes in off camera and just starts doing this weird maniacal laugh, and it's just like, what? The, what even are you anymore? Like you're not part of the new day. What? What is your gimmick? What is your character? Well, this is something that, and it, again, it might be controversial because I know a lot of people love the man, but people, uh, WWE especially, aren't ready to admit that he's not a star without the rest of the new day. No, and he's. Even- and he he didn't. I I'm still baffled why he won the Money in the Bank because I don't really feel like his run with the IC title proved that he was ready to be a main eventer. No, I really I, don't get it. Honestly, I think his singles run so far has been a flop, and a lot of people love it and want him to be the next champ, and I get it. But at the same time, I don't because he's just he. Based on what I've seen the last few months, he's not cut out to be a singles guy. So I agree. You know, prove me wrong. There's something, there's something missing, it. and I think the clear components missing is there's two teammates to bolster them. Yeah, and I just think the, the best the, way you can have a title run now is to join them again. Yeah, the type of work he's doing now with like the weird like, <laughs> or like like that that was funny when it was part of the new day when you were a single star. You, like what is that? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, I will agree. I um as I say I never really listed him because he didn't fall either highlighted or shy for me, but mm. I totally see your point. And as I say, I think the only way they can they can make anything of his potential title run when he cashes in would be to put him back with the new day. And I've said it before, why why the hell not go to Raw, join them again and try and cash in against Lashley? Why not? Yeah. It'd be better. Yeah. I think people did accept it more than Roman. Anyway, well, that's, that's, that's it. I'm done with WWE. Uh, Rating-wise, Carl, I'll give it a solid two and a half. Very middle of the road. There was not a lot going on, but a fairly solid week in wrestling. Um, I'm probably going to have to give it a two and a half as well. Um, it was yeah. better than last week um, combined yeah, agreed. You know, with everything going on. Uh, but it was still, I don't know, I was still let down by a lot of stuff, especially Raw. just felt very bland. Um, and I didn't really mention it, but even stuff with like Drew McIntyre and his big sword and the interviewer looking at his big sword and it's, 
Like, come on, like, really? That type um, of humour again, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just kind of like, is this what Drew McIntyre is now? Because he carried the fucking just company on his shoulders for a year. Um, and yeah, now this is what he is. But yeah, I will agree. Two and a <laughs> half um, for me this week. So do you want to take us over to AEW? What's, what's been happening in the world of, of the elite? What is the happy haps in AEW? So we had Chris Jericho take on Juventud Guerrera in his third labour of Jericho. Um, and look, there's no denying the pair of them are past the prime. Um, and it showed especially yeah. in the yeah. first few minutes of the match, which was, uh, yeah, we might see a few of them on Botchamania. But, you know, you've got to say, I think, you know, the, the whole kind of nostalgia factor was there. You know, after that rocky start, they you could tell that it, it was important to them and they cared and they put in all mm. the effort they could. And, you know, fuck, I'm I'm a big Hooby fan. I think he was fantastic in WCW. Obviously, he came to WWE as part of the Mexicos. He wasn't exactly used to the best mm. of his ability. Um, but, you know, I've always been a fan. And I think these two have had a storied history together. And it was nice to see that again kind of come full circle. Yeah. So, um, I think it was a really great choice for one of his labours yeah, just because of the history between the two. Yeah, and I think it, you know, it was a unique um, match type as well. Jericho had to win with a move off the uh, top rope, so you don't really see stuff like that often. Um, yeah, yeah. There was times he had him beat to the Judas effect, and it was like, well, I can't do anything about it. So um, all in all, it was fine. Um, you know, even yeah, I mean, it gets a highlight, even though they had the, the rocky start. But um, a lot of people not too happy with the the follow up, but I am. So Labour Four, which is going to be Wardlow taking on Jericho with MJF as a special ref. And I think a lot of people are just like, oh, well, we've had Nick Gage and we've had Hoovy and, and you know, I've also been a big fan of the surprise factor, but this one just makes sense. Like, Wardlow is an animal, MJF is the, as the special guest referee, like, how how is there any way to like, win this, you know? like MJF has always considered Wardlow his enforcer since day one, so it makes sense at some point he was going to be in the mix. Yeah, so I think, obviously, Wardlow is, is an animal, and we know that, and... You know, you might not be a, a megastar or have, you know, super personal beef with Jericho, but you add to the mix the fact that MJF's a special ref. And, yeah, straight away, it's like, okay, yeah, it makes sense to me. And it does feel like a step up. So, I'm, And let's I'm be honest, this could be really good for Wardlow. So it's not just about getting surprises. This could be a way of Jericho, an absolute legend, putting over a younger talent who, yeah, no one knows as well. Yeah, and I'm I'm a huge fan of Wardlow as well. I, I honestly think he's he's fucking brilliant he's got a bright future so um oh, I'm, psyched, I'm psyched for it definitely um the next highlight is andrade el idolo this week um i just thought he was doing some fantastic heel work and i think the decision to bring chavo in as his like manager and force or whatever is just really good choice i think i mean i would have preferred kerwin white but you can't have it <laughs> um but yeah i think obviously like um the way that the lord um fuego del sol into the whole situation and was like Okay, we're gonna invite you to our stable. And it was like, okay, shine my shoes. He was like, that's not that's not what you said. And he's beat the shit out of him. I just think it was just stellar heel work. And obviously for Andrade, mm-hmm. who struggles with the language barrier, he's he's coming across really well and he's not letting it get in his way. And I think Chavo is also helping him quite a bit with that too. So yeah, all all well, this is one of them for me, one of them classic examples of like, and this is not me getting a WWE, but this is this is a man who shouldn't have been in WWE because he looks so much better now. Yeah. Similar to, to Miro, and people will argue that one because Miro had some amazing opportunities in WWE, but he's never looked more like a beast than he has now. And I That's think true. sometimes the other company is just better at putting a certain person across. Yeah, and it's it, this it's not a slight to WWE at all, but Andrade is looking better here than he has done in any of his time in WWE for me. 
Yeah, you know, to your point on Miro, he's not going to get to screw Lana in a tank in AW, is he? So, you know, definitely better opportunities in uh, <laughs> WWE. Um, bucket list. Bucket list stuff. <laughs> he's, he's crossed that off now. What? Bucket uh, <laughs> list? What? Um, uh, so, anyway. So, so, yeah, where do you want a helicopter, Miro? <laughs> Just don't ask. <laughs> um, speaking of don't Miro... Um, he's another highlight this week. Miro took on Lee Johnson. Um, and this was just a huge match for Shotty Lee. Um, you know, Miro sold his ass off for him as well, which I think is, you know, how how good is that for, for Lee Johnson to have someone the caliber of Miro mm-hmm. just taking a beating all match? And obviously, Miro was never going to lose. But at the same time, no, it no. was a classic monster heel versus an underdog baby face. And I think Miro did a fantastic service here for, for Lee Johnson and you know, just solidified himself of, you know, still as that super heel. But, you know, this Redeemer character is definitely a, a far sight improved from the best man that we were seeing. So, all definitely, good. definitely. Um, we also had the Elite um, beaten down on Hangman Page. Um, this was so good <laughs> because obviously we found out earlier in the night that Hangman, you know, felt responsible for the fact that last week he lost the match and that meant Dark Order couldn't get a tag team title opportunity. Um, so he told them to stay away and stay out of his business and to, you know, look after themselves. And lo and behold, um, you know, Hangman finds himself up against the entirety of the elite. So the Dark Order race down to try and come to his aid. And Evil Uno is just like, nah, I'm not having it. Um, Hangman has asked us not to, so we need to respect his wishes. And so Hangman gets the shit kicked out of him. Um, and it's just, yeah, you know, it's just so many layers of storytelling, I think, between... Oh yeah, um, everything that's gone on with Hangman and Kenny, and everything that's going on with the Dark Order, and then, you know, I wasn't a big fan of of Kazarian coming out um, to make the save. I've said before, I'm not a huge fan of the Elite Killer or whatever it is he's calling himself. I just think, as a gimmick, you know, we could do something else. Um, but look, mm, you know, all, the, all the whole kind of segments and everything that went on and the story gets a highlight for me. Um, and lastly, and what a fucking match! What a what a spectacle this was. The way they built up Cody versus Malachi Black. Now, Cody loves to overbook and overproduce all his shit, right? 100% yep. he does. And this was no different, really. You look at the, the the weeks leading up to it, you know, everything going on between, like, the attacks and wearing white and wearing black and even the, the unique graphic types, which I fucking love, by the way, the tree that was half on fire and dead and the other tree that was, like, you know, blossoming and, like, everything about it I love, to be fair. Um, and the match itself, well and truly delivered. Black came out looking like a badass, some weird skeleton mask, some weird, you know, I'm not, I'm historically In all fairness, not, like, not a fan of Alistair yeah. Black as well. But, you know, Malachi yeah. Black, this I, dude, yeah. I would totally agree with you. Like, I'm not, a, I, we, I think we both said many a time that we didn't get Al- Alistair Black and we weren't a fan. But he looked badass here. Yeah. If they keep yeah. booking him this way, I will be a fan. Yeah, like, you can just see it now, can't you? Like, you know, he came out the whole you know, candor that he had about himself and like the mask and the kind of evil, evil geniusness around him was just just had a presence about him, didn't he? Yeah. For once. That's the word. Presence. That's what I wanted to say. But he did. And then the way the match unfolded as well, just basically you know, I've seen memes off the back of it of like flawless victory and stuff. And it's like, you know, <laughs> Cody got a little bit of offense so in. Like, <laughs> exactly. And it's like, Cody got a bit of offense in, but basically Malachi beat the shit out of him, came in and just did a spinny kick to the face and knocked him the fuck out. Um, so, yeah, loved all that kind of stuff. The bit that followed is intriguing to me, right? I'll Maybe... be honest, like, Go on, I wasn't a fan at all. Like, I'll let you, I'll let you so, explain what happened, but I wasn't a fan at all. So, 
me neither but i think at the same time i've got to give it credit because i think he worked me into a shoot and i don't want to sound like hulk hogan drunk you know I didn't want to shoot you to work um, <laughs> well yeah um but yeah it basically cody is there after the match saying he's done everything he's carried the banner you know it's time for the other guys to shine takes off his boot about to retire in the middle of the ring and everyone's just like what's going on and then you know we genuinely believe it and then out of nowhere malachi comes up with a crutch and uh smacks him in the back um and knocks him down and it's like well he didn't retire then so was it all a work who knows look i'm gonna be particularly bitchy right now right cody seems like a genuinely nice fella right Mm -hmm. you know when he's done interviews and stuff like that he seems like a really nice guy but nobody loves Cody more than Cody, from what I can see, right? And I rolled my eyes the minute he started fucking retiring, because there's no fucking way he's retiring. This would have been like a Ric Flair retirement, because there's no fucking way. Like, he's he's not old enough or out of his prime enough to be actually retiring. And I'm like, this is just a way of putting the focus back on Cody. I was so, like, to me, that was Alistair turning face when he hit him with that crutch, because I'm like, good, put an end to this fucking farce, because it was just so not true. Like I I I I didn't it it didn't get me even slightly. There's no way he was retired, and, and I'm just like oh for fuck's sake because it just falls into that whole thing as you've always said of it being overproduced. If they'd have cut this bit out, I'd have just been made up with the match, and then that would have been that. Yeah, no, I'm I mean I get where you're coming from. I think maybe I just fell for it hook line and sinker because I do you know I was there just going, wow, is he actually going to? And then obviously the the swerve. So I think they executed it great. I think. Was it overproduced? Probably, but I didn't mind it, which is which is rare for a Cody thing. So, gets it gets the thumbs up from me. Um, but some minor O'Shea to talk about. So, and I don't mean no disrespect with this one, but we had Layla Hirsch taking on the Bunny, and the match quality itself was fine. And you know, big props to Layla and to Ali for for doing what they did. Um, but I just think surely there were better challenges for the NWA title shot. Um, I don't know why it was between these two. The rankings don't indicate why you know it should have been them. And I get that it's not the AEW women's title and it's the NWA, but nothing really. Yeah, it just kind of about it. It just yeah. felt like a match that was thrown together out of nowhere. And then you know you've got to kind of laugh. And you know I don't mean no disrespect again to to Layla with this, but you bring out the NWA women's champ Camille at the end of the match, and she's like you know six foot odd, and Layla here she's like <laughs> barely scraping oh, five foot. Shit. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this just looks silly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think um, no disrespect to the to the two of them. I thought the match they put on was fine, but yeah, I just didn't get why it was them as the choice. That wasn't explained to me. Um, I felt there could have been better options, and I think the the post match showdown made me just think, yeah, this this was all a bit a bit silly. Um, and lastly, um, so Christian was in action and he took on the blade. Um. And as a result of Christian winning the match, he became the number one contender. And I don't know, for me, that seems odd. And again, you know, talking about the rankings and everything that goes into that, I just feel like Christian beating the Blade to become the number one contender. I believe Uh there's something in there somewhere that isn't just about win-loss record, it's about the quality of opponent. And again, not slighting the Blade. I feel like, you know, I'm taking the the couple that is the Blade and, and Ali, you know, and just absolutely, you know, killing them. But that's not that's not what I'm trying to do. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I just think to be, you know, to have the blade be the the, the one that pushes you up to number one contendership um, seems odd. But obviously, again, spoke about it's hard to understand the the, the ranking sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. So I think you know they could be more transparent with that. Um, but you know, 
I think everything that's gone on with Hangman Page and now obviously there was rumours of him not being at all out and now Christian potentially stepping in. Well, if he's the number one contender, maybe that's the route they're going down now for all out. So, yeah, I just think... We see so many people are getting annoyed, like, oh, we're dropping the Hangman stuff because Brian and CM Punk are coming in and all this. And it's like, yeah, we really don't know what they're doing. They're playing the cards close to the chest. If yeah. the Hangman stuff does not feel done even slightly, Christian's number one contender. So, like, how would CM Punk or Daniel Bryan... Yeah. Affect that. I mean, like, I don't, fair, I don't know what the decision is. Like, to be fair, if we would have had Kenny versus um, Hangman at All Out, Hangman has to win that match, and then he deserves yeah. his moment. If Hangman wins that match and then CM Punk comes out, you've just killed his moment. So I think <laughs> you just instantly turn Punk heel as well. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure it happened in Chicago, but no one would be happy with that. <laughs> well, exactly. So I feel like you know, based on the circumstances. Maybe that's what they're doing. They're, they're pivoting a little bit because they've managed to acquire these these uh, you know these stars, and so they will do Christian versus Kenny and have a match, which I want to see. To be honest, two Canadians, two guys, you know, a vet, you know, both veterans of the business in their own right, and two guys who want to face each other. So I'm down for seeing it. I don't want Christian to win. I don't think he will. But if this then leads to CM Punk debuting against Kenny, yeah, then that's what we want to see. So all in all. That was AW. They were me highlights. They were me shites. I'm giving it a three and a half this week. I think it was a much improved show on last week. Um, there was a lot of development, and I think we're slowly on the road to building something really good for All Out. I mean, it's really hard to disagree with you, you know, Carl. It really is. Mm. Like you say, there's nothing, nothing you said untrue in terms of like. You're a big fan of disagreeing with me, so that does surprise me. I'm trying. I'm trying my best, but like I, I was thinking a three, but like I, I don't know how I'd argue with you three and a half because you're totally right. Um, everything they did was with an aim to progress on something in the right way. Um, some of the fears of the hangman stuff being done, I've been assuaged because they're obviously not done with it. There's still something burning there. Um, maybe a couple of misses on it in a very minor level, or a, like like you say, this confusing thing over the booking system itself. But I, I can't justify lowering my score two or three because I can't really think of a decent reason that it should be any lower than what you're saying so I'm going to go three and a half as well 3.5s all around um, mm-hmm. and then lastly just to touch on what else happened in the other shows going on um, in the other <laughs> so firstly Impact so we had quite a good surprise this week with Melina Perez showing up on Impact mm. um, obviously Mickey James came out um, to confront Diana Perazzo um, and try and offer her a contract for Empower Diana was of the opinion that she's fought, you know, the unknown before. If she's going to compete, she wants to know who her opponent is. Out comes Melina Perez. And, yeah, um, interesting that she's on Impact. Is it just a one-time deal? And, obviously, it stays with Empower um, and, and NWA. Who knows? But nice to see you there. I, I hope to see more. Forbidden doors open everywhere, man. It'd be anywhere now. Anywhere. All the doors are open. Close the fucking doors. It's drafty. Um, we then had Eddie Edwards um, picking up the win. For his team over Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers in trios action. Um, however, WM Morrissey, formerly known as Big Cass, comes down at the end and beats the shit out of him to stand tall to close out the show. Well, so, I'm losing track, I think. So he's WM Morrissey now. He's not Kaz XL or whatever he was going by. Oh, he's a uh, yeah, different name now. Different name. Uh, okay, um, okay. So, yeah. Is he, he looks- still seven foot tall? He's still seven foot tall, um, and he looks. Rich it sounds like a daft. Jerking, sounds so. like a daft question, but we know that WWE are notorious for uh, booking people's height a little bit more exaggerated than it, oh, it yeah. is. In in real life, no, he's five eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, a kid. No, he looks really good. Um, to be fair to him, so yeah, you know, he's definitely on the right path. And who knows, we may end up seeing him down the line in the likes of a WWE or an AW again. So, um, 
you know, yeah, uh, big, big props to, to Big Cass or, or Morrissey, as he's now going by. Um, GCW had their No Signal in the Hills show this week as well. Um, the main event being Nick Gage taking on Dark Sheik. Now, Dark Sheik, um, she put up a valiant fight, um, but Gage just had too much for it and got the win. So um, it was a typical bloody deathmatch type affair and you know big props to dark chic um for obviously going through all that as well um with nick gage the crazy man that he is um but yeah decent a decent show from them that they put on um we had nwa this week as well and the uh, bracket b in the champion series um a big highlight for me was the big hoss fight that took place um for tyrus um i can't remember no, who was course, facing yeah. if i'm honest but obviously the former Brodus clay um was in action and it was it was almost a, a bit of a mirror match, you know. I'm a big fan. Um, oh, I'll be honest. I was. I don't know why I totally gapped on this, but I didn't realize Brodus Clay was still going. Like as a wrestler, yeah. I know he'd done a few different outside projects. I didn't think he was still in ring active. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah super intrigued by that. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good match to be fair as well. So definitely check it out if you didn't get a chance. Um, and lastly, just to touch on Ring of Honor, um, again they love a tournament at the minute. So obviously we had it with Homecoming last uh, the previous week with Impact. We had, um, obviously, the stuff going on um, in NWA with their champion series. Now, Ring of Honor also kicked off their women's championship tournament as well. So, um, just another little snippet there because I'm a big fan of tournaments. So, Well, yeah, that's the thing. I can't, I'm not complaining just yet because you can't beat a good tournament. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much everything that wrapped up the rest of the shows. That was this week in wrestling. All in all. Interesting across the board. Um, big things happening in AW. Um, a lot of stuff. Exciting times with Rampage coming up this week. Um, and obviously we're on the road to All Out. And WWE, you know, very much on the road to SummerSlam. A lot of matches such as Edge versus um, Seth Rollins that we can't wait to see. You know, Goldberg versus Lashley, maybe not so much. Although we didn't really talk about it. It was nice to see Goldberg's kid grow up in front of our eyes. As we remember the little chubby kid that we saw a year or two ago, now look almost like a man. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, all 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 right to be fair, all ticking along, all heading towards the big uh, pay per views that are coming up. Um, so that was this week in wrestling. We'll be back talking everything in the news after this. You're watching or listening. A to A to the K. A to the K. A to the K. A to the K. These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. 